Yes, indeed. Another great morning on the Morning Machine, the machine that makes your mornings move. And you know we do this all the time. We're not new to this. We are true to this. Thank you so much for making the machine a part of your daily morning routine. And part of that morning routine means, well, this morning, it means comedy. And this is actually the first comedian of the year, 2024. That we are actually going to have. And uh, we, we expect to have many more as we go throughout the year 2020 forward. But he is the first. And it, it wouldn't be right without having Mr. John Abel here with us today. But let me tell you about him first. Because we have some new listeners out there. I mean, he is family to this station. Well, if you know... A couple of weeks ago, we've had Daniqua. She she was welcomed back with open arms. Welcome back home. And this time, two weeks later, we got to welcome back the hubby. The hubby. You know what I mean? We got to welcome back John Abel, a 21-year retired Marine who has had a vision and interest in the business of comedy for a long time coming. He's written and created short, hilarious sketches and just different comedy works that are unique and enhances comedic timing as well as stretch the versatility as an actor. Now, when you hear characters such as Detective Smoke, yes, and he wears the glasses, the suit and the glasses, did it. It's almost like a black golden eye 007. What you, what you going to call it? 008? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, listen. Detective Smoke, Craighead Bobby, you know, different characters to name a few. I don't want to name them all because that's what the interview is for. But this man right here, John Abel, better known as Super Dad Comedy, has burst onto the scene and really taken off, and he has a live comedy show coming up on this Monday, right after the Super Bowl, fresh out of the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. February 12th at the Punchline. If you're local to Atlanta, if you're flying in and you're staying till Monday for the Super Bowl weekend, I, I know for the Super Bowl is not here, but still, if you fly in with friends to watch the Super Bowl and gather, well, you could stay an extra day and gather at the Punchline which is also the Landmark Diner, which is a fine dining Mm -hmm. experience, by the way. Phenomenal food, by the way, I must say. It's going to knock your socks and your shoes off, so just expect to be barefoot by the time you leave up out of there because you're going to be screaming laughing. So, it's time to speak to and welcome back family, John Abel, otherwise known as Mr. Super Dad Comedy himself. Good morning. How you doing? Hey, good morning. Come uh, up to the mic, man. Come up to the something. mic. First of all, I would definitely have to say I, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, ever since my wife made the connection with you, because mm-hmm. uh, I would be remiss without mentioning my wife, because since we've been in Atlanta, in Atlanta since 2017, mm-hmm. With her music, she's just been networking, and yes. she's just been out here singing and just working and just building her catalog. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm just I'm blessed to be able to walk in her path and benefit off of some of the connections she's made. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> so you know, you're it's a so product of you're a product of her connection, and I appreciate being here this morning. But you know what? Thank you so much for that. And the first thing that I want to start with this morning, because always to every guest, I take it back to the old school. I take it to Union Square. But we're not going to go too far back okay. because the first thing I need to say to you is thank you for your service to our country. Like we've been, you know, we there's a lot of thanks that go out. But on the air, we must say that because 21-year retired Marine, let's make a connection here because there's some, as a Marine, when you're out there on the front lines, right, there's not a lot of times that make you feel good. You have to always be in a serious mode sometimes. Right. Did you, as a Marine... When you were when you were serving in the Marines, did you have this comedy going on that made people feel better about themselves and get themselves more energized into the mission that was before them? Uh, that's a good question. So I would definitely have to say it's molded me to who I am right now mm -hmm. because. You know, as a Marine, every day it was most of the time it was serious business. Yes, it was. It was serious business. So, and then also, you know, we did have times where there was some humor, and you know, I have some 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 funny moments to reflect back on. But ultimately, all those experiences, whether it be good, bad, or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. uh, it's made me who I am today. And those are some of the experiences I plan to, uh, you know, show on stage. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, it, because we'll do my comedy, be, it, and I, I ask that because, like I said, there are there are a lot of tough days when you're in battle, when you're in combat. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of tough days that happen. A lot of people see uh, you've seen a lot of things as a marine, right? And that takes a toll on the mental, and sometimes, you know. Your squadron may need a laugh, some type of laugh to get them through what they just saw, what they just witnessed, a loss uh, of their brethren, you know, something like that. Some some people need that boost, and that's why I asked that question, because if it molded you to the man you are now, you had to have been as a Marine, making people feel good around you, getting them to smile, getting them to feel good about where they are, what part of the journey that they're on as a Marine themselves, your fellow, your fellow Marines. And so it's tough. It, right. It's it's definitely a tough thing. And not everybody's mental is, could, will be on the same page, but that one laugh, that one joke will turn everybody's day around, whoever's in the vicinity to hear it. And that's what got you to where you are now. And so let's fast forward a bit because now you've developed over the years super dad comedy. And mind you, when you were here last, which was a couple of years ago, you were developing these skits. Right. You and Daniqua yep. were here together and you said, I have something coming up. It's called Super Dad Comedy. You told us this first. 
Yep. Right here in these yep. same studios, in that same seat that you're in right now, you stated that you were going to be starting up Super Dad Comedy, and you had a lot of things in store, so follow you, you know, watch the YouTube channel, all of that. And it has now blossomed into now a live show. But we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna get to the live mm-hmm. show in a minute. But the fact that you said, I'm going to do this here in this studio, mm-hmm. and now here we are a couple of years later. Talk about the the building of Super Dad Comedy. How did that how did it start? When was that light bulb moment that said, Hey, I want to do comedy, and this is what I'm going to commit to. Uh, the funny thing is, it's just it was just like an instant spark. Mm. Uh, it was it was not like uh, it was something that I saw uh, several years out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, one of the benefits of retiring mm-hmm. at such a young age is, you know, now you have time to reach out and mm-hmm. and try to find where your talents are revisit some of them them talents that you had in your youth right uh so you know dabbling into a super dad comedy i had an opportunity to see some things that i was good at such mm-hmm. as i did most of the videography uh all the editing so i, I figured out dang, i was good with a camera mm-hmm. uh i did a lot of editing uh and a lot of things I learned just through looking at YouTube. Yeah, you know, YouTube University is so, something, isn't it? Right, absolutely. And uh, so I was self-taught uh, learning all these things. And then <clears throat> me and my wife, when, when it came down to it, it, it was just magic. You know, a lot of the skits, actually, they weren't written. It was a lot of improv. Improv. Off the cuff. But it, just, it was just magic, and it just worked out. It just worked out. Um, so... Um, one of the things I noticed in the process, I said, okay, <clears throat> being a, a former Marine, I, I definitely believe in the basics, mm-hmm. or shall I say a rite of passage, because that's what boot camp was. Right, right. So I looked at comedy, I looked online, and it was important for me to try to identify what would separate me from other comedians. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> right now with content creation and social media, uh there's a flood because it's a great opportunity. Right. But I felt that, man, if I can just get the stand-up game mm-hmm. in my toolbox, mm-hmm. that would just make me a whole lot better comedian. Right. You know, both both not just to, you know, entertain my fans, but in the, in the long haul. Mm-hmm. You know, it just opened me up for other opportunities. Let me ask this question. There's always when it comes to comedy, there's always an inspiration. There's always a favorite comedian somewhere that comes along that if they have a show, you're automatically there, no questions asked. Who is the comedian that you most watched while you were on this journey of building Super Dad Comedy? I watched let me tell you. I'm always a fan of Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um uh, but for me, and I talked to my wife about this, I, I never like to emulate, so I'm careful about how much I watch a certain person. I mm, want to come in and be fresh. unique. Unique You and know, fresh. I want my skits to be unique. Yes. I don't want to be like everyone else. So that's one of the things I could say 
can be a roadblock for me sometimes because I, you know, I'm like, all right, this skit, I want it to be this way. I don't want to look like the person to the left or the right. You know, I'm 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 going down my own road. So, uh, but back to your original question, I mean, I watch some comedians for inspiration, but my inspiration really is just success. Uh, throughout my career in the Marine Corps, I've seen so many successful Marines yeah, that yeah. excelled. I mean, just in the in the Marine Corps career alone, I know a lot of times when you read stuff on success, they tell you always surround yourself by successful people. Yes. I've always I, I so when I come up came up in the Marine Corps for the twenty some years, I was surrounded by successful people from mm-hmm. all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. So just having that alone, I I feel like as I approach this comedy, it's like with God on my side, I also got some Marines that I served with in the past. Mm-hmm. Even though they can't come to the show, I feel like they're with me. Oh, you yeah, know, because absolutely. I, you know, that inspiration I got through the years. Absolutely. And to be able to see the, the journey from then till now, mm-hmm. I will ask this. What has been the highest level of advice that you've ever received even from back to dating back to the marine corps what is the best advice that you have ever received that still hits heavy to you now which continues to make you go i think uh the best advice i've ever received is you know keep what's first first so um and i'm 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 heavy on that uh, not that my life is, you know, anybody's life is going to be perfect. Right. But I believe that, if, you know, I keep God first. I keep my family first. I keep what's first first. Mm-hmm. Then everything else, you know, will take care of itself. So as I pursue, in my pursuit of anything in life, I'm always keeping things in balance. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure that. I'm planning my schedule to where I still have that time for my family. Right. You know, I'm planning my schedule to where I still have, for example, you know, time to cook. <laughs> Which seems like a, such a, uh, it seems something, you know, it seems so menial, but those things are important. Being the active part of helping yeah. out with the household. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you know, still pursuing what you want. Because if I can get, if I can achieve a different level of success mm-hmm. and still have that in balance. That to me is success right there. Ultimately that's success. Keeping yeah. everything in balance because you know, you got kids that you're raising. Yeah. You know, you want to be there for them mm-hmm. as, as much as you can to give them the proper guidance they need at the same time while you're trying to, you know, pursue your success. Absolutely. You know, so all to me personally, all of that has to be in balance. <laughs> yeah. You know, all of that has to be in balance. There has so. to be a peace in that balance too. Mm-hmm. You've been you're you're at peace with where you are in life as well. You've accomplished so many things right. that now you're in the next chapter in accomplishing yep. that. When you have that peace, the balance comes automatically. Yep. It it balances itself out. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I had to learn that the hard way, but you know what? Being at peace is the best thing in the world true peace not a facade true peace peace. (laughs) it's it's the best thing in the world and you said time for family but it's so interesting because i looked at a few skits and the family is heavily heavily involved involved. (laughs) so even even so you still put the family first you you 
what's first, mm-hmm. you keep first, right? Absolutely. And the family, you, you have that resonating because not only do you have your lovely wife, Daniqua, in that, and she's mm-hmm. phenomenal as an actress herself, but also you have the rest of the family involved that... I'm sure a lot of these skits come from the dinner table. It's like, what happens at the dinner table? The, you know, the Thanksgiving when the whole family is there and you got, and, and grandma cracks a joke at the table when she's been quiet the whole night or something like that. What drives you to create these skits? And let alone, you've got your family in it because, hey, family knows best and family has the best chemistry. So... What made you decide to go that route? So, I mean, again, like like you just mentioned, you know, everything, we have our family all involved to include, as you already know, we have a family business, party runners business, yeah. JJ's Tours and More on uh-huh. the side. You know, that is something we're building for the kids and they're involved. They actively work the business too. Mm. So, um, what drives me is ultimately... Showing the kids that, you know, they can set out on a path and pursue something. Mm-hmm. And if they work hard and stay consistent, they can accomplish it. Absolutely. You know, that's what I would have to say. And and the thing is, is that you've normalized it to a point where the kids are working the business and they're working it phenomenally. Right. And this Everybody talks generational wealth, but you live generational wealth daily. Mm -hmm. So speak on the importance of not just talking about generational wealth for the family, but being able to now live it on as a daily routine. Uh, So I I would definitely. So. Growing up, I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. Okay, DC, so stand up. We moved to Prince George's County, PG, Atlanta, ah. Maryland. So that's that's where I grew up at, PG County. Um, and at the time, if in the eighties, if you moved to PG, yeah, that was equivalent to like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, you the you the man. They it would be a conversation. They'd be like, man, they done got a house out in Maryland, right, you know? right, right. <laughs> yeah, like that was the, it's some, and, and for some 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 people, it's actually still the conversation. But so many things have spread out that way right. these days that it's not as much talk as it used to be exactly. back in the eighties. And we can still say the nineties. A lot of people talked about PG County in the uh, in the nineties. That matter of fact, that's where uh uh. Broadcast radio PGC is out. That's where they're mm-hmm. based at, PG County. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot that's radiating out that way now. So it's not as common. There's a lot of areas that are equivalent to what PG is in the 80s. Right. Now you got to go farther out to say, man, you just say that same thing. So it was something about PG County that really, you know, pushed you mm-hmm. in those days. Absolutely. And then you get here. And then everything just, yep, it explodes because this is technically Black Hollywood, right? Yep, absolutely. And you make it here, you pretty much can make it anywhere. And that's that's what I'm seeing because, like I said, you spoke this into existence in right. the studio a couple of years ago on the air, as a matter of fact. We were closing up the interview, mm-hmm. and you spoke this up. Speak on the, the growth of... 
of writing your skits and continuing to develop? I'm sure there were challenges, right? Mm-hmm. What is the biggest challenge that you've faced in building over the last couple of years, and how did you overcome that? So my biggest challenge uh, has been is just, like I said, when I talk about the balance. Yeah. You know, ensuring that after coming out of the military, serving 20-something years, yeah. you know, there were a lot of times where, you know, due to the mission <clears throat> mm-hmm. and what we had to do, you know, life and the household, my wife had to hold down the household. Mm-hmm. So now coming, transitioning out, you know, I'm stepping up and I'm doing more things in a household to ensure that I'm giving, like I said, the proper guidance and stuff like that to my kids. Mm-hmm. So the biggest challenge is, you know, from a life standpoint, you know, we, we all want to, expire to do great things in life mm-hmm. which is also which is also important because you know at, at the end of the day when you when you get older you want to look back and say hey you know you you went after something you mm-hmm. achieved your dreams but at the same time you know i ask myself i want to make sure that that's in balance too i don't want to chase my dreams so much that i lose my kids in the mix of it because mm-hmm. that could happen and so as I as I go back to the beginning of PG County, for me, I feel like that was almost, you know, how some people say, you know, they're waiting to get on or somebody to put them on. Yeah. I almost feel like in a sense, my mother, you know, as a single mother, she almost put us on. Yeah. Or I feel like from that point, I'm building upon the success and the path that she set up for us. Right. You know, going into the military, you know, moving to PG County, living in a better environment. Mm-hmm. You know, so now it's up to me to ensure that my kids, I afford them the same opportunities that I had and not go backwards. Right, <laughs> you know exactly. Not go backwards, you know, and continue to build upon that legacy, the Able family legacy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that legacy is running through strong because mm-hmm. we see it in the generational wealth of the, the family that you have now and uh, still continuing to to build. It's it, it, you, you guys are the real empire. If you think about that, you're the real life version of empire because the husband has a supportive wife. The wife mm-hmm. has a supportive husband. The wife and the husband support the, the kids who are running a phenomenal business that eventually is going to be theirs. And that as they continue to go along, they're already running this at a young mm-hmm. age. All, all they're going to be is sharper individuals moving forward. They already know the ins and outs of business mm-hmm. already, but have two phenomenal people in the household to teach them. Mm-hmm. And there is a stigma about the African-American family, Right. That's put out there. There's a there's a false narrative about the African American mm-hmm. family out here, and and they they people want to call you during the interview, but but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the business line, but my wife she got it. <laughs> <laughs> see got see it. see the business hotline. Mm-hmm. See when business calls, they call during interviews. But anyway, <laughs> no no no, that, that's funny. 
That's funny. That there should be a skit on that, by the way. Write a skit on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but anyway, you you write that. I let me let me let let me facilitate that one. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Put me in a put me in a skit, in coach. coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but seriously, there's a stigma and a false narrative roaming around about the black family that says we don't teach our kids enough about generational wealth. We are not great examples of generational wealth. We are not this. We are not that. We are not the other. People want to say so many things about our families that they don't say about any other racist family, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys are the epitome of what a black family should be doing, helping each other. Creating that generational wealth, creating it, mm-hmm. not waiting. You didn't wait. You created it, and then let the kids take it over yes. as they can as they grew older and they started to learn. They learned, so mm-hmm. now their business acumen is already high before they even leave high school. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Let them go to college. The business will still run. Y'all have their back, right? When one goes off to college and needs to focus on their studies, sharper, sharper, sharper. Mm-hmm. And then they still have fun with the skits. And, and that's the thing. This is what a black family really is. A two-parent household. Having fun. Building business. Creating generational wealth not waiting not waiting on quote the man right yep, exactly. there was there was no waiting with you mm-hmm. and it's showing you you guys are the example the kids are going to be that example for their kids later and that's where the generational wealth comes in so i have to tip your tip the cap to both of you appreciate it because you didn't wait like like most of us in our community wait. You said, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to commit to it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a process. We're going to have hard days. We're going to have long days in building this. But we're going to see we're going to continue and we're going to see it through. Yep. And here is the see it through. And how proud of you as a dad, as Mr. Super Dad. Because you are super dad. Yep. You wouldn't name yourself mm-hmm. Super Dad Comedy if you weren't already a super dad, right? Yep. Right. As a super dad, how proud of you of your kids right now in seeing them being able to develop and become sharper at this young age? Man, I, I just love it. I love uh, the quality time that I, you know, I'm able to devote to mm-hmm. them and you know it's just it's just priceless uh i mean watching my daughter she's dual enrolled in school um watching my son i mean as he grows up in, in middle school is maturing and then my young son king uh just just watching them all and just knowing that they're coming behind me and i'm doing my best to put the best the best qualities and, and giving them the best information I can with the hope that, you know, they'll continue, you know, down a path of success. 
Absolutely. That's mm. that's absolutely awesome. And, you know, like I said, I, I love it. And that's why I have you all come here each and every time because – Matter of fact, as we continue to go along as a radio station, the kids going to end up being on the show at some yep, point. Hey, we can do it. <laughs> the kids going to end up being on the show and, yep. and, and speaking eloquently about not only the brand, but also, you know, how proud they are of you all and being able to see you on a daily basis, not only in a daily routine, but going to get it. Get it. And on the daily. On the daily. And on your own terms. On my own terms. That's the difference maker. A lot of us are going to get it, but it's not on our own terms. Mm -hmm. We have to be put in a position instead of creating a position. Mm -hmm. And that's where the difference maker, this is where the fork in the road begins. Either you're going to go left or you're going to go right. Are you going to wait? Are you going to go left and just continue to wait? You're going to be at this red light forever until it turns green? Or are you going to hit the freeway? Absolutely. And be on continued green until you get to your destination. Mm-hmm. The exit the exit ramps off to the right. Do you get on that freeway or no? Exactly. And it, it's, it's, it's straight like that. So it's really, you, you got on the expressway. Y'all stayed on the expressway. Mm-hmm. And you're getting to your destination faster than the people who are waiting on the traffic light. And that's that's what I'm seeing. That's the analogy that I bring to the table regarding your family. Everybody's on the expressway together and just riding in the fast lane. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there may be slowdowns. There's going to be. But y'all know that. You know it's coming. Y'all already have the GPS to success. Ah, you like that? Like what I did there? The GPS (laughs) to success. So, with that said, that GPS to success, that road is coming to another destination, which is the punchline, which should be your destination come Monday, February 12th, fresh off the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I don't care what team you're rooting for. You need to root for Super Dad Comedy because... He's going to get it at the punch line. Okay. So first of all, how did this show all come together? And by the way, is this, this your first show, right? So this is my first show. Okay. This is your first mm-hmm. show ever. Okay. See what, how we have built over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You went from announcing it to now here we are to your first ever live show. Yep. And I expect there be more. You'll be at Comedy Theater before you know it. And I'm talking about both of them. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Garrett, Garrett Abdu, I'm I'm calling you. Yep, that's right, Garrett. Garrett owns the Atlanta Comedy Theater and okay. um, the one in Norcross and the one uh, over here at Underground Atlanta. And uh, yes, I'm calling out Garrett Abdu. Hey, brother Garrett. Get him on. Get him on. What's Get up, him a Garrett? show at the Comedy What's Theater. Up, man? Get him, yeah. <laughs> and Garrett has uh, managed the likes of Ricky Smiley, um, you know, a host of comedians over time. Um, and a few of them I've come in contact with. You know, he's really one with the comedy scene, and he has been uh, – He's been on the comedy scene for decades since Def Comedy Jam in the 90s and probably before that managing different talent. 
but now he owns the comedy theaters that are in the mm-hmm. two locations and they've had uh they've had you know improv actors actresses that have great comedic timing and they do improv shows at these locations so what i'm saying is and i'm speaking into existence because yep. every time you've come here yep. every time your family comes here there's always some type of elevation that happens so i'm going to speak it into existence later this summer i'm gonna say it later this summer probably be about july august somewhere Y'all going to have a show at the Comedy Theater. It'll be the Norcross one first before the Underground. Yep, Watch what I'm it. saying. I'm speaking it. it into existence that's right it. now because I know if any family is going to make it happen, it's going to be this family. I already know. I already know. Yep. It's going to happen. So, and it's all going to stem from the success of this Monday show. So, let's talk. Let's start here at the development mm-hmm. of this show because... It takes a lot to get a live comedy show going. It's, yep. it's a lot of behind-the-scenes work. So talk about the development of this live show. Okay, so if anything, any task you undertake is and when it's something that, such as stand-up, which is a new skill, mm-hmm. uh, I knew it was important for me to get in contact with people that are experienced in that field and mm-hmm. try, to, try to get some skills so the punchline that they do offer a class. Yes. Uh, the the person who gives the class, his name is Jeff Justice. Uh huh. He has over thirty years of comedy experience. Yes, absolutely. Um, so for the past six weeks, uh, me and several other comics, we've been through some intensive training, writing, a lot of writing, a lot. Of, I'm glad more, you covered that because yep. I was going to ask that. Did you have extra training because there are improv? Uh, classes and courses oh, that it's, are it's, taken. It's writing. It's getting on the stage. Yeah. They're critiquing your delivery. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much everything. And then the culmination of it is you're going to do a graduation and a show. Yeah, absolutely. So And then so it's like, hey, this is going to be your first set. I know you ain't never did comedy before. Invite everybody. <laughs> exactly. No, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, you should. So, Yep. Because this is this this shows the level of support, mm-hmm. and on top of that, because I've seen a live improv show before with Rodney Perry and that okay. graduation, and Rodney Perry does one as well with Never Deny Next Level, and okay. um, it was absolutely phenomenal, and I'm sure this will be the same exact way. It basically it. It, it gives you a more of a precision with not just stand up, but Comedic timing is everything. It's about the timing of where you place your jokes in your set, what's going to get the crowd moving, what's going to have them screaming, laughing, where's the buildup, what is the lead-up, how how long, there's so many things that go into Mm -hmm. comedic timing. You can't just walk up there, unless you're just naturally funny like that, and you already had the comedic timing from just being at home. And just cracking jokes at the dinner table every mm-hmm. night, right? And that was your test. That was your test audience, right? Now you have a big time test audience of unbiased folks. They're not your family, even right. if they were unbiased. These are folks that paid to come out to see you yep. and anybody else on stage that will be taking part in a skit with you or a sketch, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So. That's the thing. There's a vast importance to that. The success of this show is going to stem 
other shows moving forward and that training it's almost would you consider that to be more so of a comedy boot camp to put it in marine terms it's it's, it's basically a comedy boot camp and to say you know in marine terms and pretty much everything you've said in in regards to the follow-on doing shows you pretty much don't put my blueprint (laughs) on I mean, well, <laughs> so, which is good. that's which is awesome. I'm glad you said that because uh, that's what I plan to do. I plan to use this uh, this initial show to catapult and continue to doing future shows and mm-hmm. develop the craft and uh, go as far as I can go. I and and I I put that blueprint in place, mm-hmm. and that wasn't even all of it. There's a lot more yeah, to this <laughs> than you really can even imagine. Mm-hmm. I put that out there because there are a lot of brave souls yeah. mm-hmm. out here who think they could just go ahead and walk on stage and just captivate the crowd and they're going to be an overnight celebrity. It's mm-hmm. not that. There's a lot more there's a lot more training that goes into that. You can't just roll up in some spot and then the next day you're at Apollo Amateur Night and you're just going to win over everybody. No, it's not it, it's Mm-mm. not that easy. If you think that comedy is that easy, if you think your jokes fly at home, they may not fly as good Mm-mm. in a comedy club or a lounge Mm-mm. or nope. just even a small stage. You're you have to know your audience. Mm-hmm. You have to know your audience. If your audience is not rocking with you, you it may not be the best lane for you. Yep. So it's important that if you're going to do comedy, there's a lot of training involved. You don't just walk up there and become an overnight celebrity. Yes, it's much easier with YouTube. Yes, it's much easier with social media. It's much easier with this stuff. However, you don't see a lot of these people mm-hmm. doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. The only reason why they're not doing stand-up is because social media is investing in them heavily and yep. they feel they don't need to get on a live stage. Mm-hmm. A lot of them freeze up when they get on the stage. They do. Mm-hmm. They freeze up, they get booed off the stage, and their feelings are hurt because they thought because they were an overnight celebrity and they didn't get the training to enhance their craft. Every business needs training. Yep. That's, is, every business needs training. In order to succeed, you have to get the training. You got to get the tools you can use to succeed. Yep. And a lot of people just feel these brave souls. I, I, I appreciate their bravery. But however, they will bomb on that stage. And there be someone in that front row roasting them. And they took your audience they become now the center of attention you don't want to be the one on stage and the person sitting front row roasting you because you were bad on stage no that's embarrassing Mm -hmm. so you got to get to training folks Mm -hmm. please get to training go through the comedy boot camp please sign up for a course if you're going to commit please commit yeah it's a great business to be in you make people laugh for a, a hour or two even just a few minutes Hone in on that craft. If you're going to hone in, if you're going to jump into the comedy business, you better be ready. Yep. And you gotta, you gotta have tough Equipped. skin too. Mm-hmm. You gotta have tough skin because your your audience is not always going to rock with you on any given night. Mm-hmm. You'll captivate, you'll captivate some people, 
But there's going to be a, a part of the audience that's like, ah, that's corny. You see what I'm saying? So yep. that's the point of getting the training. The timing has to be down. So I know I went on a dissertation about that, but no, I'm giving a PSA to point. people out uh-huh. there that's going that's going to just try to walk up on stage and say, huh, knock, knock. Really? You come up here with a knock knock joke, <laughs> bro. It, it, you, it, just just like JB Fox was saying when Mike Tyson was in the room, and uh, better be funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you gonna tell that knock knock joke, it better, better be, be funny. funny. <laughs> and, and, because if not, they're gonna be like, "What I pay for?" And that's the thing. I feel like you're gonna do a phenomenal job. Absolutely. And they're gonna mm-hmm. they're, people are gonna be coming to meet you. Like, like hey, look. I need you I need you at my event. I want to have a comedy thing, and I need you at my event. Then you're, we're going to start seeing Super Dad Comedy mm-hmm. or more flyers throughout the year. Yes. They're going to be hiring you yes. because of the training that you went through. They're going to be mm-hmm. hiring you. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to lead to the Atlanta Comedy Theater because now you're hitting different circuits. Yep. So – I, like I said, I know I went off in a dissertation, but it was on my heart. It was on my spirit to and, say to you. And because, it was accurate. And, it was, <laughs> and it's highly mm-hmm. spot on accurate. And by the way, Punchline is almost sold out, so that means you got to get tickets. Somebody's mm-hmm. got to get tickets. I want to go, you know what I'm saying? But I want to go. You know, after I do the station stuff Monday, I, I'll come out, I'll come out and see you. But it's almost sold out. How does that feel to, to know that it's almost sold out right now? It's probably oh, it, sold it out by now. If, I'm just looking forward to a good show. I'm looking forward to putting on a good show. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. To put, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so I'm just See, looking forward to it. When he says he's ready, he knows yeah. he's ready. When you know you're ready, you're ready. It's like, and it, I know you have like this anxious feeling, like you just want to get out there now, but you still gotta wait till Monday. Still gotta wait till Monday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you got <laughs> you you got some stuff for us, but I I just cannot wait to be able to see you do your thing. And Appreciate this you, is brother. the first show, but there's many more to come. So, yeah, the grind does not stop here. So, tell, so, so before that, uh, this is my final question. I asked you about advice earlier that was given to you. Now it's time to, to give it back to the people. What's the best advice that you have for people that it, that are trying to step in the realm of comedy, but not just step in the realm of comedy, step into any facet of life and they have no idea where to start. They're just like, man, I want to get into this. I want to get into comedy, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where to start or I'm too scared. What do you say to them? Take a step back, take a, take an evaluation of your life and just just ask yourself if you know nobody wants to talk about death but if if you were sitting in a hospital bed and this is something that i've I've, videos i've i've heard it several times and i've people have said it to me a couple times and i've read it a couple times you're sitting in the hospital bed you know you don't want to be on the hospital bed with regrets right you know you want to make sure that you you know, you gave it your all, you know, leading up to that finish line. Because at the end of the day, 
we ultimately we do have an expiration date. We just don't know when that expiration date is. Mm. Uh, so again, also you know, with all things, if, as as we're trying to, you know, manage our time properly because time is as is the resource. Keep what's first first. Mm-hmm. You know, you still got to make sure you keep everything all in perspective because that. Right there, to me, mm-hmm. it's ultimately that success, keeping everything in perspective. You know, yes, it's great to go out here and achieve your highest dreams. But at the same time, just keep it balanced. Keep balancing all things that you do. And that's how myself, if I'm on the hospital bed, that's how I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, but that's great sound advice. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. But uh, I want you to real quick tell the people where they can get tickets at for the show Monday at the Punchline. I mean, just give us all the details how we can find you, follow you, connect, watch your skits, all of that. Let's gotcha. let's let us uh, all of the uh, all of the people out there in Radio Land. Let's go ahead and show. Mr. Super Dad Comedy, some support, some love and support. Now, how did they do that? You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at, at Super Dad underscore comedy. You can find my page. If you go to my page on Instagram or either Facebook, you can find the link to the tickets. As of yesterday, there were like 12 tickets left. Wait, so, oh, 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 time out. How many? It was 12 tickets left. Man, what? It was like about 12 tickets left. So if you Y'all plan gonna on. Y'all going to keep on and do another show that night. You Be careful. Y'all going to keep on and do another show. If you... Y'all going to make it another day. Watch. Yep. Now, for the family and friends that can't attend, definitely understand. I will have professional footage. Bet. I will have professional footage. Of my stage stand up, uh, so just follow my at Super Dad Comedy Instagram and Facebook page, and just stay up to date on what I got going on. Yes, absolutely. Please stay up to date. Please follow, follow, follow. Support, support, support. Be one of the ones to get those twelve tickets out the way, so you can have a seat at the table. At the yeah, table. literally at the table because I know the setup at the punchline. I've been there many a times. That you know, it's a great stage, but those tables are pretty close together. Yeah, so you want to make sure you have a great seat at the table. <laughs> so make sure that you go ahead and follow, support, grab your tickets now, and make it happen. Go, go see him. Go see him. This is going to be great. It's the first show. But, like I said, certainly not the last. So, if you don't make it this time, there will be. And I can guarantee that with everything I own, right, mm-hmm. that there will be another one very soon. So, we, you, you, we may content. miss you this time. Oh, yeah, there will be and content. content. <laughs> yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, once again, John, thank you so much for being on the morning machine we're welcoming you back uh thank but you, you so know, much then the the next show next skits anything big that's coming in you know i'm contacting you because y'all can't get rid of me even if you tried not like you <laughs> wanted to 
You can't get rid of me still, Don't even if you to. tried. Exactly. Don't plan to. Exactly. Yep. I, I like family that kind of carrying on. Yep. Family is family. Yep. And you said, what's first, you always put first. First, yeah. And thank you for putting us first. Absolutely. The, bo- the, the whole entire family. Thank the family. Family puts family first. Yep. And that's what we do and we do best. So once again, thank you so much for being on the morning machine. No, and thank you. You'll be back. We I can guarantee it, like George Foreman. Guarantee it. Lord or <laughs> or Charles Barkley, however it said. Guarantee. Woo! You know, let me stop. <laughs> let me stop. But uh yes, indeed.